0: Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad Matt and his friend James talking about real relevant things and sharing stories.
1: Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez coming to you from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, and I'm here with Matthew Coyne, who is at Rollins Church in Manton, Michigan. How you doing, Matt? I'm fine. How about you, James? fantastic um we have a continuation in a way so it's a part 2 or whatever so we're going to call this episode 14 <laughs> but it's a continuation all the same yes Does that makes sense i like it all right fantastic so we we were left off talking about baptism and we left off with a cliffhanger of sorts some people maybe didn't think of it that way, but yeah. we do. We do. It's important. People ask us these questions all the time. And so we have to kind of be ready to answer with something. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I am not a, I'm never ashamed. Whenever I, I have to say, I don't know. I'll get back to you on the matter. Um, right. I, I try not to say that, but uh, the last thing I want to do is make up just something that either is completely false or, you know.
1: Right. Okay. So that's, well, I have the same attitude. Like, you know, if I'm talking with people, um, what I was taught the seminary is that like there's a, there's a, a year of vicarage, which is our internship year. Mm -hmm. And what we're told to say is, I'm sorry, I haven't learned that yet. I'm only a vicar. Well, I tried that once and somebody (laughs) just ripped me up one side and down the other. It was like, that is not an excuse. Yes. Like Okay. So from that time on, I, I made it a point to answer to the best of my ability, but to say exactly that, like, I do not know for sure, but based on my education and so on and experience, this is what I believe is the correct answer. And so so I go for it. And then sometimes I know it's, I I pulled it out of someplace and I know it is maybe isn't right at all. But it still seems right. But I admit that, too. Like, I'm sorry I just made this up, but this is what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important because, you know, for for me, I mean, I have been known to say, I have no idea. Let me find out and I'll get back to you. Uh, And then there are those moments, too, when I say, here's what I think. But to be honest with you, I haven't thought too much into it. So, you know.
1: All right. Totally Totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. So you had asked me about the baptism piece about um, we use the term rebaptizing, which I don't know if that's the right word. Even um, it just to be baptized as an adult might just to spell it all out, say all the words. Yeah, when I was baptized as a child as an infant. Um, the person would like to be baptized as an adult. I think to say rebaptism might be theologically incorrect. So just to say it's it's a it's a different reason honestly right
0: Yeah but, I mean I yeah cuz yeah that term rebaptism or rebaptized I I don't like it either because you know we've talked about the one last episode we talked about one baptism and I think where people say well you've been baptized once it's one baptism it, you know the way I look at that I mean the way I th- I think that means is it's one baptism in Jesus Christ uh there right. are no other baptisms uh so you know when when a somebody is so for example there's someone in in our church who was baptized as a baby in the Lutheran church and he was talking to me he said you know I'd really like to be baptized because I believe that Jesus was baptized and I believe that that is that public declaration as we talked about last episode of people around me seeing that I have put my faith in Jesus Christ so when someone comes to me with that I, that's what we call believers' baptism, and we say, uh-huh. "Yep, I am a believer. This is this isn't sealing my salvation; it's already been sealed. But I want people around me to see that I have put my faith in Jesus Christ." So again, that outward declaration of your inward faith,
1: right? And it's not a braggadocious sort of thing. I want people to see; it's a declaration. It's a witness.
0: Correct. Yeah, and yeah. and then there's even another you know baptism where. <clears throat> where people you know we we all have done this at one time but we've strayed but then there's people who've really strayed maybe for years and years and years and then they have come back to their faith and i've had them come to me and say i would like to be baptized uh, i want to recommit my life and i want people to see that i'm recommitting my life i have nothing against that i think that's a beautiful picture uh like you said last week or yeah last week Yes, it's beautiful, but it's also, I forget the word you used. It's its horrific. And, and horrific. Yes. So, and I think that's a great way to explain. It. I actually, last year, I baptized, I don't even know if I told you this, James, and uh, a couple, 84 and 83 years old, Wow, I baptized. And it was so cool to see. And I think they actually encouraged other people who go, oh, I can still be baptized. You know, so I just thought that was cool.
1: Well, had they actually been baptized before as they were or are they new believers
0: no they so they've been believers for many years but they were never baptized as in believers baptism uh so they just said i preached on it and they said wow we should probably okay so they said we should probably be baptized but then it made me sad to think you've gone all these years thinking that you couldn't profess that in a public setting or Nobody has told you that that's a good thing to do. Like we said, doesn't save you, but I always tell people, if you are a child of God, if you're striving to be more like Jesus, why wouldn't you want to be baptized? You know, so yeah. uh, why would you not want to follow what Jesus did?
1: Super interesting because as you were talking about that um, from the Lutheran perspective, and again, probably Catholic, some others who baptize infants, um, There's because we tie the gift of the spirit, so the gift of faith to Mm -hmm. the baptism. Um, we would say, Well, it's too bad that they felt like they had to get baptized again because really, God has never left them, no matter how much they've strayed. So, we put a lot more God's presence into the the gift of what of, bapt, of what baptism is and so to for them to think okay well I've strayed I should probably get rebaptized as if you know like I've gotten really dirty or really hungry I should wash again or I should eat again those sorts of yeah. things um in our tradition it's more of a you can have confidence that God's promises that were made at your baptism still hold because he's a God yes. keeps
0: and, promises and I'm glad you said that because those who have been baptized as infants, I want to make sure that they understand that that wasn't, uh, this baptism doesn't replace that baptism or this baptism. It doesn't mean this baptism is greater than that baptism. It does not what this is saying. And, and that's back to the whole grace thing of, you know, this has been such a huge topic amongst churches of, you know, God's grace grace is a gift we do not do anything so you never want to go into baptist and saying i'm deciding to do this because i you know whatever that looks like and so it's important for people to understand that's where the denominations get in the way well that baptism meant nothing when you were an infant no that was a big deal and in your denomination that is what you believe when the that faith the holy spirit has you know is is dwelling within them is that correct Yep. Yeah. So
1: again, the emphasis is on the gift part. Yep. Correct.
0: Yeah. So, and and there are some people who believe that you don't, there are some, some denominations. that believe you don't receive the Holy spirit until you're baptized, which I, maybe we talked about that last week, but I I don't agree with that at all because then I go in the argument for that is the dove descending upon Jesus. And God says, Mm -hmm. this is my son who I'm pleased with. And they believe that's when he received the Holy spirit I say he received the ministry, the um the ministry or the spirit of ministry, if you will, or that that ministry.
1: All right. So we we do use terms, we have different terms that we use in our baptism discussions and so on. But one thing that is a, a universal term that just maybe has some different connotations is the concept of grace. Yeah. And we I sometimes say that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. That's one way to help think about what grace is all about, um, or it's undeserved love, or, I, peril, or I, I match up mercy and grace, where mercy is where you don't get what you deserve, like you deserve a, a speeding ticket, but you don't get it, so the yep. cop lets you off, and then there's grace where you get what you don't deserve, which is basically like any kind of, any kind of gift. I don't deserve a gift just for being born. I didn't do any work. I mean, it was painful probably, but uh, maybe not maybe more for me than my mom, but the, uh, so the idea of getting what you don't deserve. And that's practical for how we can use the term, but theologians have all kinds of different terms associated with grace, right? You mentioned one that I had no idea about before.
0: Yeah, so there's uh, two you know, two types of grace. I know some of you are listening, going, "I thought grace was grace," but there's what's called prevenient grace, uh, and this is really it, it's rooted from the Arminian theology. And what this is is that uh, anticipating grace or coming before, preceding grace, and what that means is you don't receive the grace of the Lord of God until. You've put your faith in Jesus Christ, so there. Then, therefore, the the grace is there. But then, there's what we call irresistible grace, and this comes from, uh, you know, some of you probably heard of Calvinism or that Reformed theology. And what irresistible grace is is the where God is constantly pursuing you, where He knows you're going to put your faith in Him as His uh, as your Lord and Savior. So He is pursuing you pursuing you pursuing you and then that moment when you put your faith in him so those are really the two different views of grace of where if you look into we were talking last week that gordon conwell theolog the gordon conwell seminary uh denominational chart they talk about that the different types of grace and i know some of you are like i just thought grace was grace but so james i guess my question you didn't know provenient grace was there uh, you didn't know about that term. So no, now that you, you do... mentioned that,
1: you mentioned that and I was like, what is that word? I had, I, I looked it up cause I like, I like studying words and prevenient sounds yeah. like convenient. And so then it must be a difference on the prefix. So con is with pre is before. Yeah. I like, I just, I, I'm just, I still don't really fully grasp it. Sorry about that, Matt. But <laughs> no,
0: no. Well, so I was raised in a home uh, with provenient grace. I mean, that's not we didn't walk around saying provenient grace, but that's what it was. Yeah, you did, yeah, you did. <laughs> you weirdos. Uh, we we're like, oh, look at the Proven- you're that you're that family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are so such. We have provenient grace today. Um, you know, and, and I struggle with that because James, my argument, and I know some people will disagree with me here, and that's okay is whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, you wake up every day by the grace of God. You wake up, and by the grace of God, you get to experience his creation. You get to experience the, the beauty. Now, I know that's God's reveal, revealing himself through creation, but I would argue that we didn't do anything to deserve that creation. We didn't do anything to deserve life. We didn't do anything fill in the blank. So that's why provenient Grace. I struggle uh, with it. Does that make sense? What I'm well, like, I, I'm I'm putting
1: some concepts together, and whether they fit the terms or not, I don't know if it's too terribly relevant. But I do subscribe to what you're saying. I mean, God did all that he all that he did with his with creation. I'll just focus on that part um, as a gift to us. Because our teaching is that, you know, the six days of creation, the pinnacle of which was the creation of humankind. And Mm -hmm. up until that point, God did all those things for our for our good, for our benefit, to prepare it for us, to prepare a place for us. Right. Okay, So there was could be no merit on our part because we we didn't even exist as a race, as a species. You know, and so the humankind was yet to come and God still did all these things for us. Yes. Is that, yeah. is, that, is that is that what you're saying is pre uh, prevenient grace?
0: It is, <laughs> yes. So, and it, it's confusing because, you know, for example, in the United Methodist Book of Discipline, uh, and no, I do not have this memorized, everyone, I'm reading from it right now. Uh, they define prevenient grace as the divine love that surrounds all humanity and precedes any and all of our conscious impulses. The grace prompts us our first wish to please God and our first glimmer of understanding uh, and concerning God's will and our first slight transient, uh, transient conviction of having sinned against God. God's grace also wakens in us an earnest longing for deliverance from sin and death and moves us toward repentance and faith. So again, it's that we don't really understand that or receive that grace until that moment. And.
1: Okay. And,
0: and so. <sighs> You know, when it comes to Calvinism or that Reformed theology, it's no God's always pursuing you, which also leads to the, Mm. you know, the the five solas, and one of the solas is sola gradia, which is in uh, grace alone. And so, Mm. I struggle so much with this idea because one, because we as humans love to complicate it. Why did we have to come up with the different types of grace? I don't know, Um, but I really struggle with thinking that. It is only by the grace of God that we are even where we are today. And then it's only by the grace of God that we have the opportunity to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And then it's only by the grace of God that through that faith, we will one day be with him. And it is only through the grace of God that we have the Holy Spirit empowering us to live a life for him. Okay.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that, um, the the reason why we have all these different terms is because we're trying to understand a mystery and we're trying yes. to describe a mystery. Like, well, how do we talk about the grace of God or this aspect of God? Well, we are going to be a little bit shorthanded on that because all we have is our own words. I mean, yes. we have the word given to us, yes, but when we're trying to describe it, we're still limited because we're human beings and yes. we're we're not the divine. So, uh, well, like we have different words for love too. So like different angles of love. I and mean, we mm-hmm. talked about agape as God's unconditional love and uh, phileo and so on. And mm-hmm. so there's different words for that in the Greek. So it makes sense that there may be, be different angles to talk about grace. But what you're, what what you described with the, all that though, is just how broad his grace is. Yes. It's big, it's wide. You know, and I mean, in every aspect of our lives, we can see that God is gracious. Is that that's the what I'm taking away from your description of, of of grace?
0: Yes, yeah. I, I, I no matter what you call it, <laughs> no matter if you say, oh, Provenian grace. Of course, you don't receive it until you put your faith in in the Lord, or irresistible grace, where God's always pursuing. I explain it this way: that God's grace is sufficient, as you said, for here and for eternity. And so, whatever you want to call it, understand that God is gracious to us. And I love how you said it's just beyond anything we can imagine, beyond anything we can comprehend. To the point of we have struggle, we struggle over explaining what the grace even is. Yeah, right. Like, okay. <laughs> so
1: well, I'm th- I'm thankful for grace, and the way that this ties into like the discussion of baptism for me is that when we talk about um, baptism. Uh, Yes, it emphasizes God's gift, but it also emphasizes our need because we teach uh, the concept of original sin, where we are born into the world sinful. Not that we straight up committed a sin, like I murdered somebody by being born or the second after I was born, but we're born into sin. It's part of who we are. Yeah. and I've heard, the, this is a, a moment of levity here, but um, I have heard that uh, the sin gene passes through the father <laughs> because Jesus was born without sin okay. and he didn't have a human father. <laughs> I, I think that's a, somebody was teasing about that at some point. That's and anyway, still
0: interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want with that. but. But we have a, we have this. We're, we're born into sin. In, in other words, we all have the need for salvation. Yeah, there's not somebody who's born without that need, and so we emphasize God's grace because, well, we have sin, and it's only by God's grace that we have redemption. Yes. So yeah, that, and, all, that all ties in.
0: Yeah, and, and it's that you know, again, just because we got done with the book of Jonah, one of the last points I focused on in uh, Jonah four was. We are all in need of God's grace. You know, we have the hundred twenty thousand in Nineveh. We have the sailors. We have Jonah, and all of them had one thing in common: they were all in need of God's grace. Mm-hmm. They were all all not, they were all in. Blah, 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 they were not in need of prevenient grace. They were in not in need of <laughs> irresistible grace. They were in need of grace. <laughs>
1: Well, that, that might be one of the cases where you don't really have to label it more than Correct. that. right? <laughs> so,
0: yes. And that's so that's my point of, you know, I, I focus so much on how Jonah is sinking into the sea. He's sinking, he's sinking, he's sinking. And by the grace of God and by only the grace of God, he was offered salvation through the great fish. So, I, I think that that's important to remember that we're all sinking any uh, turn away from me etern- in eternity away from God and through mm-hmm. his grace he has provided the only way out of it there's nothing we could do nothing that we can do that's what we call legalism legalism and so right. you know when we start thinking there are things we can do back to baptism well if I'm baptized that checks the box off if I obey these certain rules and laws that checks the box off no They are active faith. We want to be baptized because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to obey his commands because we want to be more like Jesus, not because we earn grace.
1: Right. That works for me. That works. So, I mean, I brought up the original sin piece because I've also heard original, is it original grace? I think is another, is another term. Maybe it ties into your, one of your grace terms, but where it's not sin that drives you know the rest of life like we're born sinners therefore we need salvation but we actually are born under god's grace first and foremost so then we have to do something wrong to mess it up more yeah. like with the garden of eden you know god created them to be very good and then they did something to mess it up so that's a, that's another angle but that's not what lutherans subscribe to and i don't know. I don't know where you're at with that, but my thinking is that you are in the same spot as the as mm-hmm. the Lutherans, like yeah. born into yeah. sin, need salvation, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and again, back to that, you know, I just met with somebody this morning uh, who's helping with our kids programming for that outreach we're doing here at the church. And she's from a different church and she was really worried at first. She goes, well, are you okay if I teach that? I said, as long as you're teaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are all in need of a savior through God's grace, and that's the only way we receive that. Then we're good. And I and I I also explained to her you probably with these kids that we don't know who they are really go much more in depth than that. And uh, so I, I wanted her to understand James just. And I actually told her about you and me. I said I have a friend who's a Lutheran pastor. I said we work alongside one another all the time. She goes, Yeah, you don't see that too often. I said, No, you don't. Yes, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I call it, that a win yeah and, and she was very impressed she's like she was so impressed she's like really and she was asking about what we do and everything so who knows she might be listening to this because i told her about our podcast so uh, cool
1: hey what's that yeah. ministry called that you are that you're talking about like you we
0: yeah it's called higher that, grounds yeah. it's called higher grounds it's through a ministry called love inc and love inc's mm-hmm. awesome they they help with people with you know clothes and paying bills and food and all that stuff and this higher grounds is a program for the families uh to eat together to learn together and for the kids to learn about jesus and for the parents to have some parenting marriage financing finance classes and all that fun stuff so oh, yeah that's so cool. we're yeah we're doing it here at the church and i think we have eight uh eight churches come alongside of one another and yes different denominations No, yes, it's crazy. No, I think we have (laughs) I I think we have non-denominational, which is, you know, Baptist in disguise, Baptist in disguise, disguise. (laughs) Um, Baptists. We have free Methodists. We have um, United Methodists. I know we have a Lutheran church and then we have Assemblies of God church. And I can't think of the other ones, but I know we have a few different ones. So which is awesome. All right. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm, 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 I just have to say, I'm proud of you, Matt. I hey, just think thanks. that that's great. That's, that's a good, that's a good thing. When you, again, when you can, when you can get together on certain things, it is. I, I believe that it is a good move to do so. You can't always I work agree, together yep. on all the things. Yes, but and when you can, go for it.
0: We have seen moments when we've tried and it just doesn't go well together. You know, we've had events where we try to bring multiple youth groups together. And let's be honest; it didn't go as we were hoping. We tried, but yeah, we learned. <laughs> so
1: that happens, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we did a—I a, mean—a pretty decent service to the concept of grace, especially as it ties into baptism. And uh, we gave a few terms that were thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Matt, can you maybe just cite the? Um, what was it the the Gordon Car- Conwell? the denominational piece. Can you just share like we're going to maybe put a link on our yeah. Facebook yeah, I'll page? P- I'll put a link
0: on our Facebook page. Yeah. Just through Gordon Conwell seminary. Uh, and I believe it was a graduate project that they had to come together. Uh, so I'll put a link in the description on the, actually on our, on the actual buzzsprout and then Facebook as well. Uh, so you can all look at it because We would actually invite you to look at it because we might keep talking about this. There are some other areas on that spreadsheet that we didn't even get to, uh, like the governance of the different denominations, as well as churches ordaining women and not ordaining women, the theology. So there's a lot of good stuff on there uh, that I think would, would be beneficial if you ever have questions about that.
1: Cool, that would be good for us to talk about again. yeah. so all right, well let's let's wrap this up. Um, just a shout out to our to our sponsor for this and every episode up to this point.
0: Yes, yes. so promotions guy. again, Ryan makes our Bibles possible uh, that we if you're new to not the worst pastors, we give out Bibles here because that's what we want. We want you to receive the word of God for free and um, that obviously the Bibles cost money, but Ryan makes that possible. Uh, promotions guy is a business that uh they do pretty much i've been explaining this way if you can print they can print something on it for you shirts golf balls hats mugs whatever stickers um they can print uh for you and ryan's uh you know strong christian who has obviously a passion for the gospel to be heard
1: cool yeah, thanks, Ryan, and all that you do over there at Promotion Guy. Um, we haven't given stuff away outside of the Bibles in a little while. We so will be. But we're yeah. going to think about that for the next episode. So maybe stay tuned for that. Yeah. And we'll get back on track with uh, the occasional giveaway, and um, that, that'll be great.
0: Yes, so, I was thinking that. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: So, all right, we'll get there. this has been a great episode. It's wonderful talking with you again, Matt, about Absolutely. grace I mean. and um, and baptism, all the different the differences, but also how uh, how and when we can we can come together and it's through the grace of Christ. So, all right, everybody, thanks for joining us on Not the Worst Pastors podcast. This is James Gomez, and alongside Matt Coyne. we're glad that you could join us.
0: God yeah. bless.